the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. just pray right now, Father, for your Holy Spirit to come. Touch those that are hurting, Lord God, those going through tough times. Lord, we put our eyes on you. We know that, Lord, you are able, Father, to move mountains. Lord, we just know that you're our present help in times of trouble. that you never changed you stayed the same that you are constant that your love is near that your presence is near God Lord we yield to you God and ask send your comforter Lord send your comforter to be about your people Lord during this time Lord we want to feel your embrace your presence and that your glory would be our rear guard your glory would be our rear Lord, we rest in your presence, and the government will be upon your shoulders, and your name will be called Mighty God, Prince of Peace. God, you are our Prince of Peace. Lord, we put peace about our shoes, God, that we can walk forward. Lord, I pray that every piece of the armor would be fully affixed so that we could stand strong, Lord. We could stand strong. With you living in us, greater is you living in us than he that is in the world, God. We love you, Lord. Oh, Father, we love you. We need you, Lord. Would you send revival to your people? In this hour, in this desperate land, in this desperate time, Lord, we need more of you. We need an increase of your presence in our lives, Lord. We need an increase of your power. Oh, God, we thirst for you. Oh, God, we long for you. Oh, God, we need you. And here, even in these moments, Lord, into your hands we commit these songs, these words, these chords, Lord, that you would use and that you would so animate and bring to life, bring to wholeness, bring to fullness people as a result of our service to you, Lord. We desire, Lord, that you would change us, that you would rearrange the priorities of our lives, that we would seek first the kingdom of God and your righteousness, and then allow you, Lord, to move in whatever way and in whatever direction you would choose. Let your spirit blow over this land, that you would bring revival to the hearts of your people, Lord, that you would bring up dry bones. 
And Lord, that you would bring life where there is no life. That you would bring peace where there is strife. Oh Lord, let us come and adore you. For you are greatly to be praised. Father, we come before you today to seek your face, to do your will. We thank you that you are a covenant-keeping God that shows mercy to those that call upon you in truth. Your word never returns void, but it always accomplishes what you send it forth to. And we need that, Lord. Lord, even in your word, as we're given instruction, that your people that are called by your name, in every church, in every denomination, that calls themselves by your name, Lord, that we would turn from our wicked ways, that we would seek your face yes. with all of our heart, that you would come and heal our land, and God, we need healing. We pray for your mercy, Lord. We pray for your loving kindness, that we would recognize your mighty hand, O oh God. Lord, that you would be glorified, that you would be lifted up in our government, that you would be lifted up in our schools, that you would be lifted up in our communities, that you would be lifted up in every branch of our government, Lord, that the name of Jesus Christ be exalted, that you would arise, Lord, and the enemy be scattered. In truth, O oh God, revive us, Father. Send your spirit upon our land again. Bring true revival, regenerating of hearts and minds. Forgive us of our complacency. Forgive us that we've been lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Forgive us, Father, that we've forsaken the way of truth in so many ways in our lives and in this country, God. Cleanse us of our unrighteousness, Lord. Purge our iniquity, O God, by the blood of Jesus today, Father. Bring true revival to the families. Marriages, O God, bring healing. Families, Lord God, bring healing. Our health, Lord, bring healing. Our, our mental health, Lord, bring healing. In every way, O oh God, as we look to you in your mercy and in your grace, Father. We pray for revival in our land, O oh God. Purge the wickedness from among us, O oh God. Let not the wicked rule over us, but let the righteous be exalted. Those that hold to your word, those that hold to your truth, those that are unmovable, O oh God. We just thank you and we give you praise for your mercy toward us. Let it be extended, O oh God, that Christ would be lifted up again in our nation, O oh God, in our homes, in our families. O oh God, that we would love you and love your righteousness and love your truth. Have mercy, O oh God, and bring healing to our land, Father. In the name of Jesus Christ, even according to your word, O oh God, we thank you. Hallelujah, Lord. Send revival down, send revival down, send revival down, down into this place. Send revival down, send revival down, send revival down, down into this place. Send it down, Lord, send it down. 
send it down We need you, Lord Send it down Lord, send it down Send revival down Send revival down Send revival down Down into this place Welcome to Pilgrim's Progress Brought to you by the National Prayer Chapel In Woodbridge, Virginia With Pastor Ray Greenlee At Jesus' feet Almighty God I want to be at your feet. Lord, I need you to come and heal and restore and build up your people. Lord, I cannot do it. Only your power can touch the heart of your people. Only you can rescue us. Only you can restore us. Almighty God, I plead your mercy tonight for your people. Thank you, Lord. I pray in your precious name. Amen. If we keep doing what we're doing, we're going to keep getting what we're getting. Do you like what you're getting? There has to be a change. Fundamental change. I don't mean a tweaking of schedule. I don't mean a slight adjustment in budget. I mean a radical change. It begins with a decision. Who am I going to serve? You cannot serve both God and money. You cannot serve both God and your earthly boss. You cannot serve both God and your wife. You cannot serve both God and your husband. You cannot serve both God and your children. You cannot serve both God and your schedule. There has to be a fundamental change with regard to who we're going to serve. To this point, we've successfully managed to make ourselves quite miserable and quite sore as we have straddled the fence. We've become adept at balancing on the fence. It's not a place of victory. There has to be a change. Now, there are two ways we can hope to get to Jesus. One, we can die. And hopefully Jesus will come and rescue us. 
That's not the preferred way of getting to Jesus. There is another way to get to Jesus. To do what the woman with the issuance of blood did. Fight your way through the crowd. Fight your way through the commotion. Be single-minded. No longer concerned about who you please or who you displease. You are only going to do one thing. You're going to get to Jesus. Because you know once you get to Jesus and you touch him, righteousness will flow into your life. We can go after Jesus like this woman did and find healing. The outer part of this story holds a treasure for us as a church. The outer story is about a dead girl. 12 years old. Dad's name was Jairus. He was the ruler of the synagogue. He knew that there was only one way that his daughter was going to live. And that was if he got to Jesus. So he did the same thing the woman with the issuance of blood did. He went after Jesus. And when he got to Jesus... He fell at Jesus' feet. And he said, my daughter's dying. What do you suppose would have happened that day? If as Jairus was getting dressed, going through his bathing and cleansing, if he had said to his wife, honey, I have a really important engagement at work. You know it's vital for our family that I, that I go to this appointment. Could you maybe stop by and see if you could talk to Jesus today? Daughter would have died. The National Prayer Chapel is not going to change because we need something from Jesus for ourselves. We've got our basis pretty well covered for ourselves. The only possibility that I see for the National Prayer Chapel to change is if we recognize what's happening to our kids. And we recognize that if we don't get to Jesus, they're going to die. And if we don't get to Jesus, that brother is going to die. That husband is going to die. That wife is going to die. I can listen to the news about China's thousands who have died in this great cataclysmic earthquake. It does not change my behavior. But believe me, when Jan is laying on the bed and her breathing has stopped, I don't go answer a phone call. I don't go to an appointment. Everything is set aside and I get to Jesus because I know if I don't, my wife's going to die.
Now, don't try to get between me and Jesus when my wife's going to die. Because there won't be any contest. I'm getting to Jesus. Now, I've had to do that many times for her. What will move your soul to say, I have to get to Jesus? The faceless crowd out there will never move you to go after Jesus. They're just people I don't know. But Jesus has been giving me people that have names and faces and people I love, you. And I've been going to Jesus about you. And I've been going to Jesus about others. I don't have any choice because I know nothing will change until I get to Jesus. Nothing's going to change in your family until you get to Jesus. You can be beat up. You can be exhausted. You can be doing your best. You can be attending work. You can be doing everything you're supposed to be doing. But if you don't get to Jesus, your kids are going to die. Or your wife. Or your husband. Or your brothers. Or your sisters. People you love. Those people that God has connected your heart to. Who are your community, where you work every day. If you don't get to Jesus, these people are going to die. He was at Jesus' feet. He is the ruler of the synagogue. Everybody gets at his feet. He doesn't get at their feet. He's the man. But when he's faced with the death of his daughter and he has no power and no authority over the powers that are going to strip that little girl out of his heart. He's on his face before Jesus. Be honest with me. If your family keeps operating like your family's operating, is somebody in your family going to die? Are they going to make it? Are they going to be destroyed? Is that sufficient to prompt you to get to Jesus? If that won't move you, what will? He got to Jesus. Imagine, he knows his daughter is dying. He knows that time is of the essence. But Jesus is blocked in by the crowd. And then the woman touches him, and Jesus turns to the crowd. Can you imagine how Jairus is feeling? He has gotten to Jesus, but Jesus is busy with somebody else. 
So when we get to Jesus, Jesus may not say, okay, and then be there for that loved one. He may have a whole list of other people ahead of your concern that he has to deal with. So what are you going to do? Curse him and go back to work? Curse him and go back to your normal life? Or are you going to stay with Jesus and recognize that only he can change what's happening in your life and in your family, with your kids, with your husband, with your wife, that only Jesus can do it, and you're going to simply wait on him. Then in Luke 8, verse 49, while Jesus was speaking with this woman, someone came from the house of Jairus, the synagogue ruler, and said, your daughter is dead. He said, don't bother the teacher anymore. Don't don't bother the teacher anymore. In other words, there are certain situations where you might as well not even bother Jesus with it because it's gone too far. It's too late. That was the belief. Jesus answered, don't be afraid. Just believe. And she will be healed. What I'm trying to say to you all tonight in great love is that this deal of going after Jesus is not an item on your to-do list. This is the to-do list. It may take time. It has always taken me a great deal of time. In fact, do you really want to know how much time it's taken me? When Jan joined me, as my wife, I was waiting on Jesus. So that's been almost 20 years. Now that meant my normal source of income was dried up. It meant my normal lifestyle disappeared. It meant my retirement disappeared. It meant my car disappeared. It meant my house disappeared. What I'm trying to say is, when you finally decide that someone you love is going to die if you don't get to Jesus, this may not be some quick, easy turnaround. It may alter your whole life. Are you willing to have your life altered and give up all sense of normalcy in your life in order, once you've gotten to Jesus, to stay there until he's accomplished what you've asked him to accomplish? 
See, what I know is we have come to this wicked conclusion in our hearts that we'll get to Jesus, he'll take care of it, and we'll get back to living our life. And if he doesn't quickly get it taken care of, never mind Jesus, I've got some other options. Until we as a fellowship come to the conclusion that there are no other options. There is only Jesus. He is the healer. And he is not going to come directly and do quickly what you've asked him to do. He is going to take his time to see if you'll grow impatient and go away and go another direction. Don't trouble him anymore. The child's dead. He can't do anything. If you come to that conclusion, it's over for your loved ones. You're already seeing the corroding destruction in your families. You already have experienced the pain of brokenness. You've already experienced sickness, despair, anger. Isn't it time to just get to Jesus and stay with him until the job is done? Jesus said, don't be afraid. Just believe. And she will be healed. He arrives at the house of Jairus. He didn't let anyone go in with him except Peter, John, and James. You understand? Outside, people are already weeping for the death of this little girl. It's over. The funeral has already started. The hired weepers are already there, weeping. It's already in motion. They're headed toward the tomb soon. Jesus won't let any of these unbelievers come in and watch him do his work. You're going to have to exclude the unbelievers from your searching after Jesus. You notice Jairus did not expect his daughter to join him in searching after Jesus. He was searching after Jesus for his daughter. Some of you are going to have to stop expecting your wife or your husband to come with you to Jesus. You're just going to have to get to Jesus and sell out. And then stay there with him until the work is done. There's some people in my family 
that I cannot speak to about Jesus. They're too angry with me. They have utterly repudiated who I am, who Jan is. They want nothing to do with where we stand in the faith with Jesus. I'm not going to go to them and try to convince them that I'm right. I'm not going to take my Bible and try to beat them over the head with it. I know there's only one place I can go, and that's to Jesus. Now, I've been to Jesus before for them. And he's taken care of many things for them. But now I have to go again for their life in Jesus. I'm going for their soul. Tonight, I have to stop and just ask you, whose soul are you going after? Have you laid everything down to go after a precious soul for eternity? Or are you still riding the fence? Not wanting to go alone, thinking somebody has to go with you to hold your hand. Who's your soul going after? Last night, the Lord tells us, go to Borders Books. Hey, Lord, that's not an unusual command. He's done that before. You go to Borders Books. I'm standing there saying, Lord, why'd you send us here? And a man walks up to me. Begins to ask me questions about Jesus. I didn't open the conversation. He did. He's somebody whose soul I've been going after. I'm going after his soul. David Mooney Sr. Be honest. He was sometimes rude with me. He didn't like some of the things I said to him. He saw me coming, he'd get up and leave the room. All but on that last day of his life, when he saw me, his face lit up. The face of an angel. He was ready to talk. I know why I'd gotten to Jesus for him. His wife had gotten to Jesus for him. His kids had gotten to Jesus for him. He was ready to renounce the world and ready to follow Jesus. And he didn't even know it was his last day. His heart was open. His heart was soft. He renounced the world. He renounced the way of the world. He said, I'm done with it. I'm finished with it. And he used that hand motion like he was casting it away. I'm through with it. Are you through with it? And are you going after somebody's soul?
doesn't it matter enough to you that your precious ones are going to lose their lives if you don't get to Jesus? Jesus said she's not dead but asleep, and they just laughed at him. They laughed at Jesus. The creatures created by the hand of Jesus laughed in his face at him. They didn't believe he could raise the dead. Oh, I would have liked to have seen as Jesus walked into that room, went over to the bed. Must have been a kind smile on his face. As he lifted her dead hand in his cold. Said, my child. Get up. Her spirit returned. At once she stood up. And Jesus said. Give her something to eat. Oh, did he know 12-year-olds? <laughs> Give her something to eat. Are you willing to utterly get off the fence? Are you willing to go after somebody's soul? Are you willing to journey with Jesus no matter how long it takes for that soul to finally hear Jesus say to that person, get up. And then when they get up, are you willing to feed them? See, what we're talking about here is not some brief interlude in a busy, hectic schedule. This is utterly laying down my schedule. And now I'm only going after Jesus. So whether I'm at work, whether I'm at play, whether I'm at the mall, doesn't matter where I'm at, I'm going after Jesus. That's the only agenda. I know if I don't get to Jesus, well, my kids, they're going to die. I know right now, if I don't get to Jesus for my kids and my grandkids, they're not going to be in heaven with me. I'm going to lose them. I know if I don't get to Jesus for my two brothers, I'm going to lose them. And when I get to heaven, my dad is going to face me and say, Ray, why didn't you pray for your brothers? Didn't you care enough to pray for them? We've got our busy agendas. They're very American. What do you think about the Chinese who are Desperately struggling to stay alive. Their homes have been destroyed. Thousands and thousands and thousands. The rivers are dammed up with with mudslides and all kinds of debris and huge lakes are forming. And then on top of that, it's raining 
pouring rain. They say people are going to live in tents for probably at least three years minimum. They haven't even gotten the tents there yet. But they're going to build huge tent cities. Three years at the shortest for those tent cities. Now talk to me about those people's busy agendas. You see, in one brief tragic occurrence, everything that we've artificially built can be swept away. Our cars, our homes. You think an earthquake cannot hit Washington, D.C. and do the same thing to it that it did in China? We could be in that same kind of devastation, but for the grace of God. It didn't happen to the people in China because they're more sinners than we are. So tonight, my question is, are you willing to lay aside your worldly agenda, your artificial agenda, and are you willing to go after Jesus? Now, what would have happened if this synagogue ruler with his busy schedule had said, look, I've got an hour I can give. I can only give you an hour of my time, Jesus. Can you take care of it in that length of time? What do you think Jesus would have said? Can I tell you something? Jairus was not on Jesus' schedule that day. The woman with the issuance of blood was not on Jesus' schedule that day. Can you tell me, how did Jesus profit by healing the woman with the issuance of blood? Did it put money in his pocket? No. Did it pay for a mortgage? Did it pay for gas? Did it cover the college expense? What did Jesus gain by healing that little girl and raising her to life? I'll tell you what he gained, a lot of headaches. He told everybody, don't tell anybody about what's happened here. You know why? Because he knew he'd be mobbed. And his agenda was to make his way to Jerusalem to be crucified. He even said, I wish, I wish it were already time. I wish, it, I wish the earth were already burning. Because that would mean that his crucifixion would have been finished and he'd be back in heaven and it'd be over. Well, don't make a mistake. Jesus does have a schedule. But what we have discovered is that Jesus' schedule can be changed by our prayers. There is room in Jesus' schedule for us if we will get to him. 
Now, please tell me. What's the difference between your husband or wife or child and the people who just died in China who were Buddhist, who will be lost? Millions of people are not going to go to heaven. Millions of people who have not heard the gospel message will not go to heaven. So what makes us think that our son or daughter, our husband or wife, our brother or sister, our mother or father, Jesus should save and take them to heaven? Before God, he loves the whole world. He loves us enough to not interfere with our agendas, with our choices. The only difference that can be made for your son or your daughter or your husband or your wife or your family or this city of Washington, D.C., is that you care enough to get to Jesus for them. Otherwise, they will die. So we come into the prayer circle and we're so caught in our own inner pain and in our own struggle, in our own selfishness, that we have nothing to say to God. We have no burden for our child. We have no burden for the lost and the dying of this city. So why should Jesus turn aside from his course to save them? He didn't turn aside from his course to save these Buddhists in China who just died. He let them die and he'll let them go to hell. So why should your son or daughter be anybody special? Only because and if you're willing to get to Jesus for them. If you don't get to Jesus for them, they'll die and they'll go to hell. Is that shocking to you? It's shocking to me. But it's reality. Do you have the courage? to leave your comfortable life and get to Jesus? Do you see the consequences of not getting to him? I believe Jesus is going to bring revival to this congregation. I believe that Because I've gotten to Jesus for us. And the devil has said to me, they're dead. Don't bother Jesus anymore. And Jesus is saying to my heart, just believe. Just believe. 
I believe. I believe enough to not let you get away with ungodliness. I believe enough to encourage you and to rebuke you and to correct you and to teach you. I believe that Jesus is bringing revival. Doesn't look like it. Doesn't feel like it. Doesn't sound like it. Looks like, sounds like somebody in their bed snoring. I believe Jesus is going to do what he's promised me he would do. Now, are you willing to get to Jesus for this fellowship? Are you willing to get to Jesus for your family? And are you willing to get to Jesus for this city and this nation? Almighty God, Jesus, I need you. And I commit myself, Jesus, to seeking you with all of my heart, to pray without ceasing, to no longer be a pleasing person to anyone or anything, but to seek after you because you alone are the answer to my soul's cry. I love you, my Lord. I trust you. Thank you, Jesus. I pray in your name. You know, worship is going to go on in heaven forever and ever, and it's not going to be boring. And we get a chance to warm up for eternity tonight. Would you join me in welcoming Ron Cannoli? Majesty, worship his majesty unto Jesus be all glory, power, and Tonight, Lord Jesus, we set aside the balance of this evening to focus upon your kingship and your lordship. Yes, Lord, we acknowledge you as the sacrifice, the great sacrificial lamb. We thank you, Lord God, for the blood that you shed for us. We thank you, O Lord God, for the great mercies and blessings that you that you showered upon our lives. But tonight, Lord, 
We want to see you not as a lamb, but we want to worship you as that lion of Judah, the king above all kings. Thank you. Thank you for your presence. We bow before you. We acknowledge you. We honor you. It's King of kings and Lord of lords. So so much for joining us today. You've been listening to Pilgrim's Progress, brought to you by the National Prayer Chapel in Woodbridge, Virginia. Write to us at the National Prayer Chapel, Post Office Box 2346, Woodbridge, Virginia 22195, or visit us online at nationalprayerchapel.com. God bless you. We love you.
Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.